Welcome to episode 43 of The Route, a glorified sports business coffee chat that has a new guest every episode as they share their experiences and route in sports. I'm Christopher Nascimento, and let's get started. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, and in fact, it's kind of a new, I would say, maybe discipline of guests, as you know, people have asked me why haven't I had um, professional athletes uh, on the podcast yet, and, and that was purposely done so. But, you know, coming up, today's episode, we have a professional athlete with, um, you know, the Montreal Alouettes. We have an Olympian coming on. Um, I think there's a few others off the top of my head. I can't I can't remember too clearly right now. But, uh, yeah, we have some amazing guests coming up. We're always, you know, trying to provide you with the different backgrounds, experiences, insights as well. And, uh, yeah, just great people that you, you can connect with, too. So, as I mentioned, today's guest is from the Montreal Alouettes. But... Before we get into today's guest, a few things to cover as always. Don't forget to follow us at our new social media handles at The Route Sports. All one word. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. The Facebook, I think you just type in The Route and you should be able to find us fairly easily. And from there, you'll be able to find all past episodes as well as, you know, more content coming out. We're starting to put out, you know, quote graphics. We're going to look into clips as well. That should be coming, I believe, even after this episode. So stay tuned for those. And uh, yeah, don't forget to also subscribe and follow to the podcast on whatever platform you're streaming on as there's 10 at the moment, I believe. And as you do that, it just helps um, us grow and others find us uh, a little a little easier. So please do so. I'll give you a few seconds now. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Today's guest of the Montreal Alouettes. I'd now like to welcome someone who has a vast amount of experience in the Canadian Football League, professional athlete for the Montreal Alouette, Tyler Crapina. Welcome to The Route. How's it going? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for joining us this morning. And like I enjoy starting every single episode, do you mind taking us through your route? So where you went to school and how you got to where you are now? Um, So I kind of, I'm born and raised in Ottawa. Started out playing football in Ottawa. I played for... Um, the Ottawa Myers Riders Football Club. Played for them since I was about nine years old and then kind of moved on from there and ended up getting recruited by uh, McMaster University and uh, ended up going there. And that's where I kind of started my university um, route and education. I uh, had a pretty successful career at McMaster. Um, ended up winning the 2011 Vanier Cup. Um, and what most people kind of dub like one of, I guess it was dubbed the best game ever or whatever for university sports. Um, that was a pretty, pretty thrilling game. And then uh, I actually was fortunate to end up going to two more Vanier Cups with McMaster. I mean, we had a pretty successful um, four or five years that I was there. And then uh, from there, I ended up getting drafted in the, uh, in the fifth round of the CFL draft by the Calgary Stampeders. Um, that was that was huge for me. I mean, like I didn't really expect, you know, especially as a kicker, like the potential to even get drafted. So to get drafted, that was a, a massive moment in my, um, my kind of career, my path. Um, basically from there, went on to, uh, got traded to Saskatchewan, played a couple of years in Saskatchewan and then, uh, eventually ended up in Toronto. And then now I'm currently in Montreal with the Alouettes. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, it's funny that you're mentioning McMaster because I believe I was in high school at the time and you you guys were our powerhouse. And I believe I went to go see you guys against Carlton one of those years where 
you guys were just flying or maybe it was at you ottawa but uh definitely remember the mcmaster days where you know it was all over the citizen um and kind of going back to the you know the beginning of your career so you're on a successful team at mcmaster you guys you know had a bunch of success and then as you're approaching the end of your academic career and kind of going about your professional one did you end up you know getting any specific advice because i know i recorded a podcast uh i think it was last week with someone who worked from the, at the CFL and he was telling me how, you know, he was an athlete that came from Concordia, was, uh, interested in the process, but then a lot of guys kind of fall through the cracks. And I was wondering if there's any sort of advice or maybe mentorship that you got at the beginning that, that kind of really helped propel you through your career. Um, I mean, going into it, I mean, like I said before, I had no real like expectations of, uh, of getting drafted because mm-hmm. I just, you know, being a kicker, I mean, it's not, I know like typically in the NFL, like kickers don't really get drafted. They're kind of signed like after the draft or anything like that, yeah. unless you're like one of the, the most elite. So just based off of that, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I actually ended up uh, getting picked up by Calgary and they ended up taking a chance on me and kind of went in there and I, had the ability to go into a team where they had two kind of kickers that were coming off of all-star seasons there and both Rob Maver and Rene Paredes. Mm-hmm. Um, they I mean, being there with guys that, you know, of that caliber, I think really kind of made me elevate my game to really know like what it kind of takes to, to be in the pros and, and to be a kicker in the CFL. And I think I kind of learned a lot from them and, you know, and, and it was good that like I had that experience that where I was able to go in and kind of learn from someone that's been there and done that and done it at such a high level that it provided me with, you know, a little bit of knowledge of what the ins and outs and how I need to approach my career and my day to day kind of routine to be prepped and ready to go for each practice and each game. And uh, I think that was very valuable uh, for me to be in that kind of situation with guys like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could only imagine. And just kind of um, looking at your time when you were with, the, uh, you know, the Stampeders starting off your professional football career, um, was there anything that you can remember at the beginning where you would have never expected that was uh, a, I don't know if barrier is the right word, but something that's more difficult to overcome than you would have expected that you never would have thought back in uh, university? Um. Not, I mean, I don't, not that I can remember. I mean, everything yeah. kind of seemed pretty, like, pretty, like, easy kind of transition. I mean, I've always prided myself on being kind of a perfectionist at what I do. And, and with that being said, like, I just kind of approached the training camp as in, like, okay, this is the professional level. You know, there's no, there's no messing around here. Like, you know, you need to go in and you need to be perfect at what you do because that's what it's going to take to stay in this league. And yeah, absolutely. I kind of went in with that kind of that mindset and, and, and just kind of, and just kind of went from there. Like it was just kind of, um, I guess I didn't really feel any, you know, there was a little bit of pressure here and there, but I mean, I knew the task at hand and I knew what I needed to do to stay in this league. So that's why I just kind of approached it like, okay, I need to be perfect going into this. And that, that was my mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of maybe comparing a, a, um, a pro athlete's career to, you know, maybe someone working in accounting, oftentimes enough, right? Any industry or any profession you kind of get into, 
there's so many people at the entry level position, you know, whether it's trying to make a team, whether it's trying to, you know, get the job or trying to move on to um, the next level, whether it's becoming a manager or any sort of thing like that. Um, what kind of advice would you have for maybe someone who is a professional athlete entering the CFL or, you know, beginning their career in any sort of business? What kind of thing do you think would stick out in terms of yourself where, you know, the facts are um, professional careers aren't necessarily that long. So if you're able to do it for, you know, a number of seasons, you're doing something right. So is there any sort of thing that kind of sticks out to you that uh, you're able to share? Um, I think for me, it's just kind of to know the position that you're in and just know that like, I mean, what's, what kind of always drove me was that with the CFL only being nine teams, you know what I mean? And there's only nine kicking positions. Like think about how many kickers there are, how many, you know, in uni- how many universities there are, first of all, or almost triple that. Yeah. Um, so just that alone, if everyone's got a kicker there, there's already triple. And then there's American guys coming in that are also vying for that same spot. So to me, what the way I always thought about it was there was always, you know, quote, a guy on the street ready to take your job. Right. So, I mean, even though there may not be someone directly beside you in training camp or during the season, you know, what I mean? you know, kicking amongst amongst you, it's there's that always that pressure of knowing that there's someone that could come in and take your and take your job at any point in time. So the way I always kind of approach it was just be ready for everything and treat like everything like it's a game situation. Like I treated practices like it was a game situation. I treat games like it's a game situation. You know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. always approach everything knowing that, like I said before, it's like that, that, that standard of being perfect. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everyone has the ability to come in and take your job at any point in time. And just, you need to know that and just focus on the task at hand. That's, that's kind of the main thing. I just be in the moment, focus on the task at hand, do it do what I do. I've done, you know I mean? Kicking the football, whether it be when I was 10 years old or whether it be in the CFL, it's the same thing. It's the same muscle memory that I use. It's everything is the exact same. I think a lot of it just comes down to the mental aspect of being able to withstand the pressure of playing in a pro league and, and knowing that, you know, your job is on the line every week. And I think the mental part is, is huge for people going into it. If you can get yourself mentally sound going into you know a new job or a um into like you know pro sports i think that is maybe the the biggest part because everyone at that point in time has the ability to play at that level the thing that kind of differs between athletes i think is the mental the mental part of it the mental aspect of the game yeah absolutely and that's interesting you say that because um what you're just saying about how everyone almost has the skill set let's say for a certain job for instance, using that university example, you're using it for, you know, kicking going to the CFL. But at the same time, um, what is it? Using University of Ottawa, what there's probably a hundred or more, two hundred students coming out with a business degree every single year. So everyone has that, you know, initial understanding of uh, business. And then there's positions, and there's so many limited positions. So everyone has that base knowledge. But then it's really um, how you carry yourself, the mental aspect that you're talking about, whether, you know, you're mentally strong, self-aware, you know, confident, all these other intangibles. And then that's where you really start, you know, kind of deciphering, you know, who's going to carry on, get a job quicker, you know, move on through their career, whether it's, you know, going to the 
position they feel or uh, position they desire or not. And um, it's pretty interesting that you say that because I definitely agree with that. And then kind of diving more into maybe the sports business aspect of a professional athlete's career. Um, how, how does that go about? So maybe we often hear about the major four sports, four sports more, right? Where they have these agents that kind of track them down when they're, I don't know, in their teens, they kind of help them guide them through the different processes, get them uh, their initial deal. And they're kind of set, right? Cause they get millions right off the bat. How does it work out for the CFL? You know, you attend school to, you know, get your degree and, you know, play the sport, enjoy what you're doing, hopefully get some success and get seen to, to move on to the next level. But how does it go about it? Do you have someone along your side? Do you have an agent, anything like that? Um, The way I kind of approached it at the very beginning was just I, for the most part, I mean, I think like a lot of these scouts for these professional teams, I mean, they have a good idea. I mean, I was very fortunate in my position to, be on such a good team for so many years that like I had that exposure of, of, of going to three national championships and playing on a national championship stage where I think, you know, maybe like our players from the team that I was on was maybe a little bit more recognizable to scouts and professional teams. So I was very fortunate with that. And I think that kind of helped me out a lot. Um, from there, I didn't actually even have a agent, going into the draft because I think for the most part you're it's not really a a necessity to have an agent unless Mm -hmm. you're within like the first two rounds or you know what I mean like you're like a a bigger kind of person that you're going to be drafted early on I think it's not as necessary but um, I ended up hooking up with my agent uh, about into my first training camp into Calgary and I mean, having a guy there that, you know, that kind of has your back and is obviously, you know what I mean? He's in your corner. He's, he's doing all the, all the legwork for you so that you can kind of just focus on football. Cause I think in, in sports, there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's the business side and there's the, the actual playing side. And I think if you kind of get those two kind of meshed together too much, it, it causes a little bit more, I mean, bad than good. So, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty good to have like an agent that will do that business side of you, business side for you. And then you just focus your plane and just let your kind of, let your play do the talking for yourself. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I completely understand that. And I kind of seen that whether it's through, you know, the different kind of um, athletes I've spoken to, or even when uh, working back with Atletico where, um, you know, leading up to games, whether it's, if there's time in between games, obviously guys are fine doing you know media or you know any type of community relations type of task but once it becomes uh a day or two leading up to the game then it's kind of more you know business driven where you know that's your profession that's your that's your craft and that's what you've you know worked for for your whole life so it's no longer hey like can you do this on a few hours before the game it's like no this is this is my job this is what i'm meant to do so i completely understand that and see how that's how someone would have success in pro sports where kind of decipher for the two but at the same time, I think there's an important aspect of um, someone like yourself or someone in any professional setting that, you know, you, you have a, a unique platform as well, right? Where people know your name because of, you know, what you do, right? Where someone in accounting might be a little more difficult to do so. So how do you kind of manage that 
do you find you're able to maybe leverage certain networking a bit more than um than others oh i I think for sure you you're able to i mean especially for me i found like playing in probably the biggest um football market you know kind of in like in canada at least and then maybe Mm -hmm. even in like north america in terms of saskatchewan rough riders i mean these this is a club that has fans all over the place right and i mean and kind of like going into that that situation it was it was that full like pro experience kind of right off the bat um you know having the the packed stadiums all the time having when you're just kind of you know walking around the city and stuff in regina you you have people that recognize your face or you know i mean recognize your name or whatever they're commenting on you know how you played the game how you played the you know the last game or or you know what, what to look forward to in the next game it's like a that environment just kind of obviously allows you to have a massive platform to, you know, be able to bring things to the attention of, of people that, you know, may not otherwise know certain things or it just kind of, it's a, it's a huge kind of, I guess, area in which I can use my name to kind of get stuff out there and um, allow people, you know what I mean? Maybe to focus a little bit more on stuff that hasn't been focused on before. I think it's, I think it's huge. And I mean, we see this in today's day and age. I mean, there's a lot of athletes, whether it be, you know, the LeBron James or stuff around, you know, different sports where they bring stuff to the attention of people. And I think a lot of like, for a lot of younger people looking up to these professional athletes, you know what I mean? They get kind of puts them in a mindset right away where they you know, they know, they know what's right and what's not right, right from a very young age. Right. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of just, just seeing like someone else do that, that you admire, you know what I mean? And you kind of want to be mm-hmm. like that. And so obviously that makes us on a platform where, you know, if we can show, you know, the right things to do to younger people, I mean, they'll follow in that footsteps. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And then kind of building on what you're saying where, you know, you, you, we're fortunate enough to to play for, you know, the Rough Riders. It's one of those organizations that anyone in Canada that, you know, follows football, they're they're wild there, right? They're wearing watermelons on their head. They're packed. They're they, you know, they live and breathe the green. And um there, I'm sure there's definitely some opportunities that arise from that. And um I was saying here, you're talking about LeBron. Oh, um, I think it's something that's interesting to note as well, where I think sometimes what people kind of forget is that. Yes, there's, you know, Ronaldo, there's LeBron, where they have kind of the attention of the whole world, right? Where you can ask my mom, I'm like, hey, mom, do you know who LeBron is? And she's like, oh, yeah, she, he's that, like, basketball player. Whereas, you know, other athletes may not necessarily have that. But at the same time, I think there's kind of becoming more of a trend recently where um, whether it's in someone with a large following or a thousand of people on social media or whether it's a professional athlete that's not as big of a name, as LeBron or Ronaldo, they still have an impact of of a community, I would almost say, right? Where you still have a connection with a certain audience where you're still able to leverage your platform and kind of formulate new connections or new opportunities from that. Where um, even kind of as myself, you know, just being a student that kind of started something, I feel like once you're, you're able to start building up a micro following, then you can start, you know, partnering with other people that kind of develop. So I'm sure um, someone like yourself, whether it's working with the the Rough Riders or the Argos, um, new experiences definitely come from that. And um, just kind of building off that, 
into the different things that you can do with the platform. What do you think of um, player branding? So that's obviously something that's, you know, growing and becoming bigger and bigger, seeing it more in the NBA. And I think that's also helped them with their, their growth in the world, right? Where some people are even saying basketball is overtaking soccer. What's your opinion on all these things that are kind of going on where guys are kind of showing their personality a bit more? Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's good, right? I mean, I, I don't really see why players should be conforming to one thing or another. You know what I mean? It's like everyone's still a human being and they're able to do whatever they want, right? I mean, just having that, being able to have that platform and show that there is so many people that are, you know, unique in this world and, and, and how they approach different things or like, I, I think that's, I think that's the best thing that could possibly be for any sports is to kind of let people, you know, be able to do whatever they want to do, obviously within reason to, you know, mm-hmm. show how unique everyone is and how they approach their job. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's very important. Yeah, I know for sure. And are there any kind of examples that stand out to you or you're really impressed with what they're kind of doing, you know, maybe off the field, whether it's the CFL or any other league as well, whether it's an Olympian or NFL, anything like that. Um, I mean, there's, there's just so much, there's so much to choose from. I mean, cause you see so yeah, many yeah. different, um, you know, different players in different leagues doing a bunch of things. Um, I know myself included, like I'm a, I'm a huge Boston Bruins fan. So I know I always see like around Christmas time, them going to like the children's hospitals and stuff, even around like Halloween and everything doing, um, you know, dressing up in costumes and stuff like that and going to the hospitals. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like interesting just to see like all these guys kind of do similar. It's, you know what I mean? It's like the stuff that I talk about with what we do in Saskatchewan or, you know, Montreal or Toronto. It's like, there's people doing that all over for every league. So think about like how many potential people have been touched by, you know, a professional athlete kind of bringing some happiness to their day or trying to brighten up their day. Um, It's just like the outreach is huge. And I think like more people need to be doing that. I mean, using that, that platform, like I said, to reach out to as many people as possible, because I'm sure everyone like appreciates that. No, absolutely. For sure. And kind of start starting to wrap things up. Is there maybe a specific story, whether it's um, on the field related or even something off the field that, you know, has come because of your career that st- stands out to you where when, you know, you're going to be 80, 90, hopefully 100 years old one day, you're going to look back on that and be like, wow, I can't believe I was able to, to kind of live that life. Um, I think one of the, the biggest um, – stories I guess that I can remember from 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 my career thus far has been is like I remember my first CFL game um I was extremely nervous I mean regardless of how well you prepare for something being in your first professional game is something that you know once you get there it's it, it's definitely nerve-wracking um you know you want to perform well you know that you know jobs on the line right from the very get-go like you need to show that you belong in the at the professional level um I remember going into that first game super nervous didn't really know what to expect kind of got my name called upon me uh, you know in like the in the second half of the game 
um, to just kind of go out there and, and, and show what I was able to do. And I remember the very first kick that I had, I had had a great training camp. The very first kick to have was the absolute worst shank field goal I think I've ever had <laughs> where it didn't even come close to what I thought it, you know what I mean? Like I, it's not at all what I envisioned yeah. in my first kick. It was kind of those where I came off on the sideline afterwards and I was just like, well, okay, what just, what just happened? You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I have no idea, but it was like, okay, well, how do I regroup from this? That was my instant thought is how do I regroup from this? Where do I go from here? And like, lo and behold, like, I think maybe like two minutes later, three minutes later, we ended, it was in the fourth quarter. We ended up getting the ball back and going down the field to get in range for a 42 yard um, game tying field goal. And I was like, and, and going into that kick, I remember saying to myself, okay, like this is like a must make field goal. You know what I mean? Like based off of what just happened, like this is a must make opportunity here and ended up making it coming through felt super relieved thinking okay like you know like this it's not so bad you know what I mean like it's it's your first game you know the jitters are out you've made one now you know what I mean all it was was just getting that first kick off your you know get that monkey off your back get that first kick under your belt did that everything felt great yeah. thought okay like well, this is probably over for the game I mean it was near the end of the game I think there was like two minutes left in the fourth quarter or something like that don't we end up going to get the ball back again with about a minute left in the game? We push down the field again, three seconds left, call a timeout. We're in the exact same spot, 42-yard field goal, same situation as what I just kicked before. And I go out there and I make that kick to win the game in my first ever preseason or professional game ever. And I was just kind of like, I think that scenario kind of gave me the confidence for the rest of my career, knowing that the transition from university where it's kind of, you know, it's amateur sports to the professional level. That's what really kind of gave me that confidence to be like, okay, you do belong in this situation. You do belong here. And that's like something that I'll always kind of remember is like the starting point of my professional kind of career was that the exact situation once I made those two kicks back to back after what just happened, I knew that I could realistically overcome any situation that any pro sports would, would kind of deliver my way. Yeah, absolutely. And you can almost even transfer that. That's an amazing story first off, but you can almost even transfer that to maybe going on forward and uh, you know, your life off the field, right. Or even, you know, eventually later on in your career, you know, once you're, you're 50 or something where, um, Life's kind of funny like that too sometimes, whether it's making the most of an opportunity or saying yes at the right time or, you know, even like, let's say kicking, you know, having that confidence to, to kind of do, to, to complete what your, your task, it, it goes a long way, right? Where you're kind of saying it almost helps fuel the rest of your career where you, you truly believe that, hey, like I belong here. And I think a lot of people can connect with some type of story like that in their own lives as well. And then that's kind of a great transition into the final question I'll have for you is, is there any um, advice you would give a younger version of yourself or even some type of life advice you would give to someone listening? Um, just honestly, just, just live in the moment and just know that wherever position you are in, you are there for like a reason. You know what I mean? Like I, I knew 
I was in that position in the CFL because I had had a good university career. I knew that I was prepared for that. And there was a reason why I was in that position. There was a reason why I had that opportunity. So just knowing that you're there for a reason and having confidence in your abilities. I mean, there's, I've always been kind of told that there's no point in worrying, right? If you can't, there's things you can't control. I mean, the more you worry Mm -hmm. about them, it's still not going to help or not going to be, you're not going to be able to control those things. Right. So, I mean, just got to worry about what you can control and just, be in the moment and focus on the task at hand and just know that you're there for a reason that you have those skills that are necessary to do the job. It's just a matter of just going out and doing the job. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of a great way to end it, right? Where I think that's something a lot of people struggle with where they're just kind of overthinking, um, you know, what someone else is thinking of them or, you know, how are they going to complete this or how am I going to do that? And in reality, you can't, you can't control that, right? So if you can't control it, I kind of live by yeah. something that's called, I think it's like a five by five rule where it's not going to bother in five years from now. It shouldn't matter in uh, in five years from now because there's no point overthinking it. So I completely love that. Um, unless there's anything else you'd like to add, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. No, it's no no problem at all. Thanks for having me. It was uh, It's great to talk about this stuff and to kind of relive, relive some old memories that uh, – I'm sure I'll keep, like you said, until hopefully I'm 100 years old. Yeah, yeah, hopefully you get there. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people will enjoy this episode. I would just like to thank Tyler Krapinia for coming on and, you know, sharing his story and, you know, unique uh, unique things about his career. So you can follow along his, his journey in the CFL um, this season with the Montreal Alouettes. That should begin hopefully in the spring or, or early summer. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And we're going to start bringing on more professional guests like Tyler. And hopefully uh, you guys make some connections and uh, get some valuable insight from it. With that, that's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and uh, see you next week.